Welcome to Shit Talk Fridays, a podcast where we talk about all things lifestyle and relationships with a splash of controversy. Welcome back to the show, everybody. I'm Gina. And I'm Evo. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. And if you're in the Northeast, it is starting to get warm out this bitch. <laughs> Summertime's around the corner. Uh, it's not. It's like it three. Is for me. It's like three months Fuck away. The bullshit. So. I can smell it. <laughs> I'm from. I'm from the islands. You know. That, that, <laughs> as soon as that weather starts to change, you can smell that shit in the air. Maybe it's the new flowers that we got. You I know. don't know. It's fucking something. I'm ready. Let's go. I am also ready to, even though I will be slightly sad to put away my fuzzy socks. Mm, no more sweater weather. I know. No more. I, we actually have a really great topic for everybody. This is off the back of our conversation the last two weeks where we talked about secrets that husbands and wives will keep. And one of the secrets that kind of went super duper viral was the uh, conversation of uh, what wives will conceal when they're making purchases in the home. Mm-hmm. Put that out there and a lot of people had a lot to say about it. But I will say that the comments I felt like were pretty split. Some people said that they didn't conceal shit and, you know, the money was theirs. It was equal between husband and wife and they didn't conceal any of their purchases. But then there were a lot of people that said the complete opposite. That even though in their home finances were discussed, they still concealed some of the purchases that they made. Yeah. And just, you know, looking into it a bit. You know, I found that there's many different ways to manage money in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And there's like this, like, seven rule or seven different ways to manage. And reflecting back to the comments and seeing mm-hmm. how many people were saying, yes, it was okay. No, it wasn't okay. It started to kind of plug into those seven different ways. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, now I see how this is all laid out in the comment section and people are all over the place. It's because they fall into these different ways of managing your money in a relationship. So we're going to get into that later. But I just wanted like, to kind of touch on that because that, like, those two things kind of came together once I realized the different ways that you can manage money in a relationship. So thus being our topic today is... Money and marriage. Money and marriage. There's love and marriage, and then there's money and marriage. But before we get into our topic, I would like to take a moment to uh, ask a favor. If you could like, subscribe, press any button that tickles your fancy, because that button pressing will help us continue to grow and continue to put out content for you. So subscribing to our channel, whether it be YouTube, uh, following us on TikTok, following us on Instagram, you can find that information in our bio below. You could click the link, take it, take you to any of the pages. However you choose to consume our content, whether you like to watch us here on YouTube or you like to listen to us on podcasting, whatever works for you, fam. Yes, you know, just go ahead and push that button. You should definitely live your life with one good deed a day. And if you <laughs> haven't done that yet, then share. Sharing is the best thing you can do in life. So just share this content and you can just chalk that up as your good deed for the day. Fucking evil's on his Sarah McLaughlin <laughs> shit. He's like, for a dollar a day. Just for a dollar a day. <laughs> you too can sponsor a podcast. So let's get into our topic, money and marriage. So the first thing that I wanted to start off by saying was I felt somewhat saddened by how many women in the comments were saying that they were concealing the purchases that were make that they were making. In addition... To go a little deeper, some of the women in the comments were actually saying that 
they were almost fearful to have these sort of conversations with their husbands about how they spent money because they felt this immense amount of guilt. Mm-hmm. That got me thinking, why is it that they feel guilty? Why is it that the wives in these marriages are feeling guilty about the purchases that they're making and how they're managing their money within their marriage? And then I guess it got me thinking about what what does actually guilt mean? Like, why do we feel guilt? What is this feeling? And the reason why it made me think about what guilt really is Because that's how I think I can better understand why some of these women are actually feeling guilty about making these purchases. Because I needed to I needed to understand it on like a microscopic level because it's so easy just to say I feel guilty. But why do you feel guilty? So. I scoured the Internet to try to understand the depth of why someone can feel guilt. And it comes to my understanding that you tend to feel guilt from one of three reasons. And it is you are not living in your true self or living for your true self. You feel like you have done something wrong. um, Or you're not living or doing something proper. So when I think about those three scenarios, you know, you've done something wrong, you're not you have you're not living or doing something proper or you're not living your true self for me and me only. This doesn't apply to everybody because even when I had a little discussion about this, I feel like it goes back to maybe a lot of these women are not living their true self. And what I mean by that is. Maybe they've made a sacrifice of their career to be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And in that sacrifice, they have put something on hold that for a large portion of their life, they have always done. But for the greater good of the, uh, you know, of the, uh, what's the word? The greater good of the family. Sure. They yeah. choose to stay home to right. take care of their children. Thus, if something is on pause in their life, so that they can maintain another aspect, they're essentially not living their true self. Mm-hmm. Sure. And because maybe they're so used to you know, making their own money and, and being able to do as they please with their money, when it's being given to them in, an, in a way where they don't feel like they're earning it, because at a job you have to earn your money, right? right. But when you make that sacrifice to become a stay-at-home mom, I, my mind makes me feel like some of these wives feel like they're not earning this money that is being allotted to them. So thus they feel this guilt because in their work world, they had to earn it. And the reason why I say I only feel like this about me is because I literally don't know any women in my life that have come from a household where their mothers were stay-at-home moms. All of my girlfriends come from homes where their mother was a working mother. So then they raise their daughters to have the mindset of working is good. You know, you can go out and you can make your own. You can do for yourself. So then if some of these women then create the life where they're now living as a stay-at-home mom, they immediately feel this sense of guilt because they literally don't know any different. And I myself am guilty of that. 
I myself come from a line of women that yeah. are working women. Going back to my great grandmother, they were all working women. I literally don't know any woman in my family that has been a stay-at-home mom except for me. At a certain point in my life, I was a stay-at-home mom with no with no side hustle at all. And that was after I decided to leave my career of almost seven years, seven, almost 10 years. And of course, I then felt that feeling that many women feel, which is this guilt of my husband is out there busting his ass, sometimes working two, three jobs. Yeah, at one point. And, and I don't want to say jobs in the sense of like, you know, you weren't working at different places, but you had your own. Different means yeah, of income, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you were self-employed in many different avenues. And yeah. there were times that you would literally just come home to like lay your head and go back out and do what it is, whatever it is you had to do to bring. And there were times I felt this immense amount of guilt about how. Support for Shit Talk Fridays is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in below-the-waist grooming and hygiene. Manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. I can't count the number of times I've nicked myself using shoddy ass trimmers that literally left me anxious about grooming. Manscaped skin safe technology has restored my faith when grooming below the waist. And did I mention the new 4.0 lawnmower has a 4K LED light so you ain't missing shit. So head over to manscaped.com and get 20% off and free shipping with the code STFridays20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code STFridays20. Unlock the confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Now back to the show. How um, money was being spent, even if it was on me or in the children. And I now realize that it had to do with how I was raised and what I saw the women in my family do. And now because I wasn't sitting in those same shoes, I felt guilt as I should be out making money too. Even though me being home, in essence, was saving us money. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that was the once we realized that financially we were better off taking on that dynamic yeah. where one of us was working and the other one was staying home. It financially made sense. And so on that reason, that's why we decided to go that route. But yeah. a lot of people don't see it that way. They just, the, that number one priority is got to work, got to produce an income, mm-hmm. got to bring in money, you know? And and when you're not doing that, you feel like you're not doing your, like part of your purpose. Yes. And that's what I mean about not living your true self. And that is a constant fucking struggle as a woman, because when we do go out and work, then we have the other guilt, which is I'm not home enough with my kids. It is a constant fucking back and forth. It's like a seesaw, you know, by the way, where have seesaws gone? That's another conversation. I go in the park. I never see them anymore. I'm like, where the fuck are the seesaws? I just thought about that. But um I want to say that it's probably one too many kids jumped <laughs> off the other end of the seesaw to, to that would hurt be I. the other one that they, somebody decided, yo, we got to cut this out. That, that would be me jumping Man, off it, having jumping on it, having it my go. friends jump off of just it. Let, no, like, you know, so when you what it is like when you come down and you're supposed to push back up to bring yeah. the other person back down, you just get off. Yeah. And they and come the other, slamming down to the ground. Yeah. Because, you know, some of us kids are little assholes. I got them. But I'm sorry. That, that's how I'm, I, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. That's how my brain works Where sometimes. Where seesaws gone? Yeah, but that's how I feel. It's like a fucking seesaw for women. So I would just like to put out there, ladies, if you are a working wife, working mom, 
if you're a stay-at-home mom, regardless of what situation you are in, you are doing your best. And just understand that. Like, literally, you are doing your best. And I speak from experience because I have done both. I have been the, the wife that has stood home and not been out working. I have been the wife that has worked and we put our children in daycare. And I had guilt on both ends. It is only now that I fluctuate between being at home and still managing my career that I never fear any sense of guilt. To be honest, there are times where I'm just like, I got to get the fuck out of here. You know, there, you know, a huge part from what it sounds to me that that is kind of missing in that dynamic, mm-hmm. I feel, is acceptance. Right. And what I mean by that, when in a situation like that where you're not living your true self, mm-hmm. you can do one of two things. You can live in the guilt of the past that never was, or you can accept the present for what it is mm-hmm. and embrace that as your true life. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is a power of perspective in that sense. And I feel like acceptance, anyone who can harness acceptance in that situation and really manipulate the way that they see things and accept what it is that they're participating in, that barrier will allow that person to really give their all to what it is that they're committing to because they're seeing that as that this is my, this is my trueness. This is my happiness, Yeah, you know, um, but that's something that is not easily done it's not easily done we live in a world that is set up that the majority of household it has to be two working parents yeah and people don't have what i consider a luxury to one of the parents to stay home to in order to take care of the children or manage the household it is easier said than done because when i think back to the beginnings of our relationship or even previous to that when i was a single mom those were those options were not allotted to me so i agree with you there definitely has to be acceptance of your scenario that you are in 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 order to have a little bit more peace within yourself that is and you know me i'm on i'm always on a journey for peace (laughs) that's right but what i what i will say is about the acceptances the world that we live in, the society that has been created for us through all of these new extensions of people, and I mean, you know, computers, TVs, laptops, uh, phones, all of these ways of being able to see what other people are doing mm-hmm. makes it very hard to accept your current state. And it's a fucked up thing. Because I think when I when when I look back on life before the internet, it was very easy to go about life and not thinking about one other person unless you actually physically saw them. Yeah. And about what they were doing with their life. And the moments of comparison I felt like were more minimal. Where now it's it's like it's right at the palm of you know, right at the tip of your fingers. Yeah. The ability to compare how you live your life versus how someone else is doing it is so easy to look at other moms that are fit that are fucking you know um writing novels you know they're doing all these epic things and you're just like fuck i just uh i I made myself a cup of coffee today it makes you feel like shit sometimes yeah 
I can see I can see your point there and it definitely is more of a challenge nowadays than it probably was yeah. you know 10 15 years ago but it all the you know all the same still as important you know oh i never to lose sight of something as you know like as far as being able to harness acceptance because it it can be very powerful yeah in a book that i'm reading uh recently it talks about uh just make these things invisible literally just turn these things off yeah remove them because it's, it's the, their distractions is really what they are. It's it just remove them, and I I always think about some of the gurus that I listen to, and they talk about just turn off the noise. That will help you in your journey towards acceptance. Now, talking about acceptance, what I found insane is, did you know that finances are the number one reason, or excuse me. One of the one of the main reasons of divorce, it is second behind infidelity. Money is the root of all evil. Do you think so? I mean, it's you know, it's what they say. Uh, who's they? I don't evil? even know who they are. It's just like the, this invisible group of people that just say everything, and you know, we we get our information from what they say. Mm-hmm. Um, I just always found it funny and interesting, and this is again my own personal opinion how. You know, they say money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. How they say money is the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. On money, it's literally printed in God we trust. Mm-hmm. And that was all created by one being. And it's just interesting to me how, like, they're all tied together in one way. I I understand. I, I You just know that I don't believe in that. that I know. I just, you know, so, like, they're... The there money is like the one thing that causes a lot of people to do fucked up things. Well, it's actually the number one reason why couples fight. Yeah. It is the number one argument source in a married in, in a married life. Right. It is the number one for a multitude of reasons. Think about all of the different ways couples could fight about or argue about their money and how their money is being managed. But something that has come to my attention that I personally didn't even think about, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we are from somewhat of an older generation, so we didn't incur these same problems. And what I'm speaking about is debt. A lot of these newer couples that are getting married within the last decade or so, maybe a little bit earlier than that, are starting off their marriages with large amounts of debt. And it's coming from all different ways. So one of, obviously, one of the biggest arguments right now in in the United States is student loan debt. Yeah, There are a lot of people that are entering into marriage with large amounts of student debt. What do you think is the second debt that occurs in a marriage that they then enter into jointly with credit card debt yeah but why because think about it they enter into the marriage with it already pre-existing what is something that they could do jointly that they then go into it together with oh getting home okay the second most occurring debt for married couples is a wedding 
many couples oh, will have wow. a wedding. Wow. You know, yeah. you know why I didn't think about I didn't even think about that. I know why you didn't think about yeah. that, but I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to touch on that in a second. Many couples now feel the pressure to have these lavish weddings and they spend way outside of their means. Yeah. And a lot of the purchases that are made for the wedding are made on credit cards. Mm. Then they enter into their marriage with a good amount of additional debt on top of maybe what they had individually. But this is a joint thing that they created yeah. before they even got married. So let me just give the viewers and listeners a bit of advice. Take it from someone who worked in weddings for almost eight years. I've seen the most basic weddings to some of the most lavish weddings. Yeah. Um, and I've also been, ar been around long enough to find out which a lot of them that failed and a lot that they succeed, you know, cause they, you know, those couples, they would come back to the, to the venue, you know, cause it was a restaurant also there. So we would see them and oh, you okay. would see that these couples were still around and they would come or you'd see one come around and find out that they're no longer together with someone. And a lot of these weddings that were just huge and lavish ended up being a big waste of money. Mm -hmm. And so the takeaway from, for me f from that was that whenever I did get married, it was going to be with whatever it is that I had. Um, and I also knew that all it took was good food and good music to make a great party. Word. It doesn't matter how much money there is, okay? Um, and that was a big decision that, you know, that we that we made. Um, I didn't even want a wedding. <laughs> yeah, well, so... We, you, you, you were a little bit more traditional in that sense. Yeah. I'm glad we did. I, it was a wonderful experience, yeah. but I was just like, eh, we could just but hop on a plane and go the, somewhere. The thing that, you know... I was most strict about was that we had this amount of money mm -hmm. and that's what it was going to be. It wasn't going to be nothing outside of that. We were not going to put anything on no credit cards or no debt. We were just going to get the best DJ that we could, the best food that we could. And, you know, and a nice photographer yeah. to, you know, to capture it all. Oh, he was wonderful. He was great. And it ended up being an amazing party. Thankfully, that's uh, what it was. It was a fucking, it party. was an amazing party. It was a celebration of us getting married and, I mean, no one was sitting for hours. It was just everybody was dancing. Yeah. You know, it was a great time. Uh, and the best decision of that was that at in the end, we had no debt. Yeah. So people. We actually we were actually on the upside because once we received a lot of the uh, monetary gifts, we had some of it. We had, we put some of it away and some of it we used on our Yeah, on I mean, it en we ended up, you know, re getting reimbursed, you know, a good portion of it through the gifts and stuff like that. But not a good portion, a very small portion. But uh, listen, the, the 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 amount really doesn't matter. Yeah. The the important part is is that we we didn't go into it in debt. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we weren't looking to climb out of a hole. You know, that's the last thing you want to do is when you get married, is to get married into a hole and then have to climb out together, for something that has no appreciating value. Mm -hmm. You know, you you make this huge investment into something. But it's not an investment. Well, I mean, you're a wedding is not an investment. A marriage potentially could be an investment because it's it has longevity, and there's return on it. But what return on an investment do you get? And there is no return on investment in a wedding. You're in right. The actual okay. event. It, it's an actual yeah. So you spend all this money on mm -hmm. something that has no return. Yeah, and that's which is you know, it's just not a good decision. Yeah. Period. Uh, so do yourself a favor if you're listening. If there's one thing that you could take away from this specific episode is that if you're going to get married, you plan on doing it. If you're in the process of planning for it, stay within your budget. Yeah. Just you will thank yourself many years down the road 
that you didn't overdo it and that you're digging yourself out of a hole for mm-hmm. something that is producing no money for you. Yeah. My wedding dress was $300 from David's Bridal. And you looked amazing. My my earrings were $8 from Mandy's. I was like, we going to do this. You did, you did a great job, man. I'll tell you that. Um, I think it just had a lot to do with I was happy and I am happy. And that's all that mattered to me. I didn't yeah. really care about the other things. You, know, you, of had course, an, you had an amazing maid of honor, too. Yes, I did. And um, that's all I had was a maid of that's honor. It. I didn't have a bridal party. But not to get too deep into that, um, I know that people can get caught up with keeping up yes. with the Joneses because yeah. we have been to some lavish weddings. Yeah, we, we, I, ref, we, I refuse to. Yeah. And then we have been to weddings that are like 50 people and the liquor's flowing and we had an amazing time. And we went to a wedding at a restaurant. Yeah. That no. was amazing off the hook yeah it was, it, was, it was absolutely an amazing I mean, they didn't even, listen all they were serving was sangria yeah. and it was one of the best weddings that i ever went yeah. to yeah because the energy was the energy the, was amazing the energy yeah, was the amazing. food was great the music was great i think at the i think at the end of the day that is what is most important so it's sad to know that there are couples that will place themselves in debt and then from that debt it will cause reoccurring arguments yeah. within their new marriage could you imagine being newlywed and let's say you already have some pre-existing individual debt maybe it's student loans maybe it's some credit card debt and now on top of that you add debt from your the your 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 union mm-hmm. that causes a lot of tension in a marriage and unfortunately there are some situations where couples are not openly having really just raw conversations about how to manage their money and or they may not even have a plan yeah to strategically eliminate that debt and and stay committed to that to that plan correct uh you and i can speak from experience when we first got together and this is pre previous to us being married and being engaged when we got back together you had you had some serious debt. You had um Oh yeah, this is like way before yeah, yeah, like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just I was a delinquent. I mean what do you <laughs> Yeah. You I remember going to your your parents' home with you and opening a box and we were trying to figure out where you were with a lot of bills, overdue bills, yeah. creditors, student loans and I remember opening this box and just seeing overdue, past due, delinquent. I had this weird like belief in my <sighs> in my head. I God. was I was surely convinced that one day it was just gonna go away. Like they were not gonna no. just they weren't gonna pursue me for the rest of my life. And then one day, like I was gonna be able to outrun this and the the, the letters would just stop coming. I mean, that's how delusional I was as, as a kid. You know, and that's how uneducated i was about i was a kid mentally i was still a kid (laughs) to be be thinking to be thinking like that that is a mentality of a kid as far as financial like financially go financial well you weren't a kid you were thinking like a kid yeah that was like i said my thoughts were this i was like no you said i was a kid yeah and thinking that way yeah really gina yeah yeah thanks 
Uh, listen, because yeah. let's be you were, clear. You're the worst. You were you. No, I'm the best. The you were one thousand percent. Because I want you to take. I want you to take full responsibility. You were a grown ass okay. adult that was basically taking but, all of these notices that were being mailed to you, telling you, "Hey, you owe us money." You were going, "Yeah, I'm just gonna put this." But in I the was box. still living. I was still living at my parents' house. <laughs> so like, you were still an adult. I was not. To me, an, an adult is someone that can provide for themselves. Like legally, fine. Yeah, legally, I was an adult. <laughs> <laughs> but I wasn't living on my own, paying my own bills. You know, I was still being supported by my by my father. Mm. Um, and so to me, I was still a kid. Okay. okay. I, I believe that, you know, a parent's responsibility is to raise you and take you to the point to where you can fend for yourself. And then that job is over. So I was still dependent on my on my on my parents at that point. And so. Uh, yeah, I just thought that this like one day they don't fuck they they're hot, like how long can they ch- chase me for this like isn't there a statute of limitations <laughs> on this shit like there's gotta be you know I knew the law pretty good pretty well. <laughs> I was very, that's one thing I had a lot and of experience. evil didn't know the law because yeah. he was reading law books yeah, he knew nah. the law because the law and him were somehow having somehow we ran into each other a lot you know we just it was uh, we were always in the same place at the same time. And so I'm like, yeah, I know there's a statute of limitations on this. I'm just going to ride this out and they're not going to. Yeah, that was very wrong about that. So eventually um, we definitely had to do some deep diving into your finances to set up a system, a plan. And this this is what we did. We we organized all of your debts and we set up a plan of how you were going to make payments onto these debts Mm -hmm. to get yourself out of the hole that you were in. And I'm happy to say that you were fucking on point with that shit. Once we set it up, you were, you played no games. Nah. And I think even some of your debts you paid off ahead of time. Yeah. I think there was even times where you were just paying it so so religiously that you almost forgot that you were paying these things um, it got to the one of one of my bills i was paying over what the payment was due and mm-hmm. so what what i ended up doing was a, occurring two two years worth yeah. of payments ahead of time yeah and i remember i used to get the bill and they were like your next bill is not due for the next two years yeah and i would just keep sending the payments yeah <laughs> because i just wanted to, i wanted it to be over with yeah you were busting your ass for that yeah i was i you was were, I, I, you know once i got a little bit of taste of what it was like to kind of get out ahead of that mm-hmm. and the the doors that began to open as far as like opportunities and things like that um really you know i grew an appetite for that and I wanted to, I wanted more of it. And so yeah. thankfully, you know, we sat down together and you kind of, you know, you were being at that point in your life, you know, you were very responsible with your finances. And so, you know, kind of like, even though we were the same age. Yeah. Well, I mean, you had a lot of, you had a, a lot more responsibilities than I did. I was an adult. Yes, you were. You for <laughs> sure were. <laughs> Shit. Shit. Um, yeah. And that was great. You know, I needed that in my life. I needed that balance. And um, yeah. You definitely did, yeah. um, because you you were walking around with your head on backwards. I give fuck. You you had a beautiful heart, but your brain was scrambled. <laughs> I did not give two fucks. I'm like, see you when you see me when you see me, boy. <laughs> so he was like, he was like, homie decline. He was like, fuck the man, <laughs> homie, don't play that. Nah. But listen, the key is is that we sat down and we created a plan. There was no hiding what was happening, and I'm I feel very grateful that you opened that part of yourself to me because you could have continued to hide that because there are many couples that will do this and this is why finances becomes the number one argument of a married couple 
And then it's the second reason why couples are getting divorced. Not understanding how to properly manage your finances when you are a unit. It's basically like you're playing tug of war. Yeah. I, I always felt that being open and honest is the best way to find someone who's a perfect match for you. Mm-hmm. And I know that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. But I th- I know that from my own experience, taking that route and being open and honest, of course, it's going to scare some people away. Some people are not going to like what they see. And they are going to um, ex- exit stage left. But there's that chance that someone comes along mm-hmm. and sees what's going on and accepts it and says, you know what? I'm okay with this and I'm actually going to work through this. I'm going to, we're mm-hmm. going to, we're going to work this out, you know? And that's the person that you want to really kind of like hunker down with, you yeah. know, but it's not going to happen unless you're really putting your cards out on the table, you yeah. know, like, listen, this is the card. This is the deck I got, you know, let the person know the devil that they're dancing with. Oh, I mean, cause at the end of the day, if they accept that, mm-hmm then it's to me that's a perfect match you know and so i felt that you know like if i'm gonna if me and this girl are gonna go somewhere she needs to know what she's dealing with you know because this is not gonna come out and bite me in the ass later on down the road and so when you have people that get into these relationships and they're hiding their finances you know and you know it comes out later on then that's gonna cause a big argument like you said having a plan is key Yes. You and I, once we got married, and even previous to our marriage, we already had a system in play. You and I were both, hey buddy, you and I were both working. Both of our, um, both of our children were in childcare, and we luckily had an income division where we basically split our bills right down the middle. And we did it in a way where I was responsible for all of the house responsibilities and bills regarding like, you know, electricity, food, water, all of these things. And Evo always paid like just the one large chunk of the rent or the mortgage or whatever it was. And at the end, it wound up for the most part being being the same. And then we just carried that on until... You know, when we bought our home, it was the same thing. I was working, you were working, you paid yeah. the mortgage, I paid all the bills. That's just how we did things for a very long time. The When it shifted is when I left my full-time job. And yeah. then we had to redistribute how we were going to handle our finances. That It was difficult for us because, again, I was so used to doing my part, mm-hmm. paying my portion. You know, and I felt this immense amount of guilt. And I will say that one of the ways that I that guilt was really diminished was your constant support, positive reinforcement, letting me know that this is a decision that excuse me, a decision that we made together and that there should be no guilt in that decision because this was for the better of the family. Um, So that so that being said. I'm interested to know what are some of these some of these ways to manage finances as a couple, as a married couple, because I feel like you and I have already done two of these yes. type of scenarios. So the the one that you're speaking about is the it's it's the scenario where you split the bills mm-hmm. according to the percentage of according to the income that you make. Mm-hmm. So if you if you combine the two incomes and you mathematically figure out 
how much of a percentage of the income is one person's and how much of a percentage of the income is the other person. So, for example, if I make up 65% of the of our, our total income, then I take over take responsibility for 65% of the bills mm. and you take percent of, of the rest and the other, 35%. the other 35%. And then in that dynamic, there's many different degrees of like how you can manage it along the way. If the finances change, if there's like a fluctuation, if there's a fl- let's say your salary increases, but mine continues to stay the same or vice versa. Yes. Then you manage, adjust, you yeah. Would, yeah, you manage and adjust the bills according to the income. And so that's the approach that, yeah. that 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 we have that we took, and it's worked out great for us. You know, all the finances, you, it's you you keep your personal finances, your your money separate, mm-hmm. but you together pay all of the bills based on how much money one makes versus the other. So this is interesting. Uh, when you say you keep your your finances separate, you and I have chosen as a married couple to keep our fi- our finances separate in the aspect of we actually have separate bank accounts yes we don't have anything joint we have i think one joint credit card mm-hmm. um but we don't have any accounts joint so we actually don't even see how each other spends money right we are kind of like an on an honor system because you and i respect each other to know that we are going to handle those bills that we have said we can handle based on our split when it comes to our finances and i'm happy to say that we have never run into any issues no but we have had to have several conversations about how to reevaluate our finances because things have changed along the years absolutely that being said i heard something recently from steve harvey that i thought was very interesting and Mm -hmm. i and i'm considering maybe you and i doing this he suggested that you have four bank accounts right which is two for individual. You have a bank account. I have a bank account. Then there is a joint savings where you are both the husband and wife or the couple is putting money, a percentage of their finances into that joint savings account. And then there is the fourth bank account, which is just to pay the household responses, uh, responsibilities, which is mortgage, you know, utilities, whatever it is that has to be put into the home comes out of that bank account. But he really made it a point to say that husband and wife should have their own separate money because it will minimize the amount of arguments that will happen about how money is being spent when it comes to like personal, personal, your hobbies, leisure. And I was very adamant about that in the beginning of our relationship. I was like, I don't need you to know how much I spend on these shoes because if it's my money, what Mm -hmm. what difference does it make? What I spend on it, right? But I can see how that could become an issue for a wife that is not working. She's getting maybe money put into a separate account. But at the end of the day, if that money's being put into a separate account for her to spend as she pleases, there should be no guilt behind that. Yeah, that's the that's the combine all finances, but mm-hmm. each couple gets their own fund money. Yeah. Approach. And that fund money, I think, should also be based on a percentage of how the salary should work and you know some sort of budgeting system because you know you don't want to be giving your spouse money. That you can't afford to give your spouse, right? Based on your overall household well, finances. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely the bills come first. Mm-hmm. You know, then once that's all taken care of, whatever's left from the income, a certain percentage that percentage is put towards the savings, mm-hmm. and then after that, you figure how much of what's left over goes to to each other. Yeah, and then maybe like a miscellaneous fund. 
you know, because you just never know. There should always be something like yeah, and that, like and a that, certain percentage every week goes to this miscellaneous fund. That would be the savings. Yeah, no, well, yes and no. I mean, because technically speaking, uh, there is a formula. I think it's like a like a forty thirty thirty or something like that. I don't mm. don't quote me on that number, but on how you're supposed to split up your income so that you can strategically pay your bills, save, and invest. And have your own personal expense, mm. you know, through the course of time. And it's it stays on a trajectory based on that those percentage. So I would think that Steve Harvey and his wife, you know, they, there's a certain percentage of that income that goes to the savings. And then, maybe, and then maybe they invest that savings into something that matures over time. Yeah, that accrues some sort of yeah. ROI for them. Yeah. So you've given us you've given us uh i feel like two examples at this point there's yeah. this, there's this this split there's the yeah so the there's split of finances there's a split half. of finances there is the combine your finances but each couple gets their own fund money mm-hmm. there is the put all of your finances into one account and everything gets paid out of that account mm, that makes me when you said that like my hand like curled up a little bit. I got yeah. a little uncomfortable when you said that. Yeah. So this is for couples that really need a hundred percent transparency. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. This is for this is not for everybody, but if you generally feel that y- you don't, you can't, it doesn't sit easy with you without without knowing what your partner is financially doing with all of their money, and your partner feels the same, mm-hmm. then these two people would benefit from this type of relationship this type of money managing relationship where everything goes into one pot and they tally up the income they carve out an agreed amount for budget for bills Mm -hmm. then they also agree on everything that's spent on each other so for example if i need a new exhaust system on my car we have to agree on it if you need something we have to agree on it. It's like the two signatures, mm-hmm. you know, situation where everything has to be. There has to be checks and balances. Yeah, there has to be checks and balances. Um, and I t- that to me just does the same thing that it does for you. Like it just really doesn't sit right with me mm-hmm. because it doesn't really give somebody their own personal choice about what they want to do. But apparently, there are people out there who would prefer this because it is one method of managing money in a relationship when you say this to me the two thoughts that immediately pop into my head are a couple that maybe is managing a small amount of finances and they're trying to stretch it really far so every dollar that is spent is crucial so Um, there is really potentially no window for money to be wasted that's the first thing that comes to my mind. So let's say you have two couples that are making, you know, a small amount of a yearly salary. You know, they're making not a large yearly salary, but they are trying to manage their home and their family with yeah. that money. I could see how every dollar would be so important yeah. how that dollar is spent. And then the other scenario is, that I think of when I hear this is a couple that maybe has experienced previous mismanaging of money on one of the partner's ends. And yeah. now there has to be this 
complete transparency of how money is being spent because there potentially is a lack of trust yeah of how money is being spent yeah i mean it's definitely a situation where transparency is a must for whatever reason mm-hmm. it may be yeah you know like you said money is scarce you know mm-hmm. every dollar is very important you know so keeping track of every every cent that mm-hmm. goes through is crucial yeah. uh, because you know any any offset any 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 disturbance in the budget could really inconvenience the lifestyle or in a situation like you just stated as well where there's been deception you know and someone was blindsided financially i mean if you're blindsided financially in any which way it hurts you know you get a bill that comes that you do, you weren't expecting that hurts uh I mean, I think we can all... We, Evo we can, can speak from experience because yeah, he got a little letter from the IRS the other day that he, when he opened man, that shit, his eyes opened up like fucking was, Bugs Bunny. That shit was messed up, man. Because <laughs> I did the right thing. I did the right thing. He they, definitely did. I did the right thing. I sent these people their money. They got it and they did something funny with it <laughs> and they separated it and, you know, and applied some payments to this, that, and the third. They did some bullshit. And then they tried to tell me like, hey, you never sent us this money, so you owe us plus penalties and fines. And yeah. I'm like, You're like, nah, God bro, damn. Nah, you mother... And then like, yo, try to get in touch with the IRS right now. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I had no choice. I had to pay it. I had to pay it. And then now, to try to get in touch with them, to straighten it out, they're like, yeah, they're, they're doing the, I see you when I see you type yeah, shit. Yeah, that shit burns. So yeah. it's, uh, I could understand when that, I can understand how that one particular managing of money comes into play. The reason why it makes I, I, the reason why it makes me feel uncomfortable is because I just feel that f- that is created for a lack of trust. And when there's a lack of trust when it comes to managing your finances, because it is the second reason why couples be, get divorced and the number one reason why couples fight. Ooh, I. I think that there's going to be still some really large arguments that come from that as a whole. Yeah. Because maybe one of the partners may not understand why purchases are even being made. Yeah. And then there has to be an explanation and then you feel like you're being interrogated. And unfortunately, I'm looking at it maybe on 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 the more negative side. Versus the positive side, because yeah. I think the positive side is, is maybe they're working to get out of debt and doing it together feels more like a team effort. Yeah. I would like to think that at some point that enough money is, is saved or the, the strict, the strict circumstances of, of this arrangement are no longer necessary. Yeah. That, you know, some, some, some of these parameters can be loosened a bit you yeah. know and things can change maybe jump into a, a different way of managing your money as a couple i would think that that type of scenario is something that should be temporary and once maybe some of their burdens their financial burdens are alleviated they can then or there has been trust reestablished. yeah then maybe they can go from continuing to have that account but then having their own accounts so that yeah. they can do as they please with money for like we say these fun things yeah unfortunately for some people that's just that's going to be their life for the rest of their life mm. you know some people they they pick a career and they really don't like excuse me they don't um they don't take chances they don't look for growth you know they they find a lane that they're comfortable with and they stay steady the pace 
Yeah. You know, if this is what works. This is what gets me by day to day. And this is where I'm going to stay because, you know, I don't like change. I know why that makes me feel so uncomfortable. Yes, it's the trusting, but it makes me think about how women lived their lives a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Where women had to ask for everything. And that makes me angry. So I know that's why that once you said it, I felt uncomfortable for multiple reasons. Well, I mean, so I'm all about financial fortunately, freedom. there's many different ways to to, to go about <laughs> this this arrangement. Um, Listen, real talk, ladies and gentlemen, I don't even like the fact that I have to sign on when even when I do our taxes together. Yeah. I don't even like the fact that I have to sign on the line that says spouse. Why do I have to sign on the second line? Why doesn't it just say signature? What difference does it make? Where? It, why does he always get to sign first? If we're doing our taxes joint mm-hmm. and our income is going into the house jointly, yeah. why is it that everything on every single document has to be you first? That is so archaic to me. I think it should just say signature and signature. It should not matter which fucking line I sign on because what if we were same-sex marriage? Then you're there's one person who's still the spouse. But that's my point. Aren't you my spouse too? Yeah. Okay. Right? So then why is it that you get to sign first? That shit blows my mind. That is one All thing. All right. That's so you're saying it says my name. Yes. And then and, and then, then it says then spouse. It says spouse. <laughs> Whoever you are. That's yes. what it <laughs> it's like it's like primary signature, <laughs> yeah. spouse. I hear what you're saying. I mean it's all these You are, are my spouse very too. Old documents that you know that when they were prepared it just haven't been changed and that's that's why when you said that that's that's the feeling that i felt that fire in my stomach immediately was like "Mm." that also makes me it it makes me think about when we got married that when we're introduced as husband and wife it were introduced as mr and mrs evo trinagistic like but it really bother you though because it doesn't pertain to you what do you mean it doesn't it's not your truth so I yes, s- so yes, you have to sign on this line because that's just the it way. It does pertain it, okay. to me because I'm, I'm, I'm signing something with my name that is a legal document. So it one thousand percent pertains I know, to me. I know what I'm saying to you mm-hmm. is that the reality is you don't see yourself as this spouse. You are, you are right. You are very you, correct. When in you saying look that. in the mirror, that's not what you see. No. So the fact that you're signing on this line, it should be insignificant to you because that's not who you are to yourself. When you said that to me, I'm going to... <laughs> <laughs> so... <laughs> Wait, I'm going to tell you what I thought about. And again, I apologize. This is how my brain works. When you said that to me, you said when you look in the mirror and you don't see yourself... Oh my God, where did you go? My brain went to Little Mermaid where Ursula, <laughs> she she looks into the mirror and when she pulls it close to her, you can actually see Ursula, uh-huh. but she's like in a disguise and I'm like, yeah, bitch. This ain't fucking me. Like, the, the, Evo... I have, I have, you know this about me, and I hope that the listeners and viewers can understand this about me. I have such strong feelings about the ways that women are Mm -hmm. oppressed when it comes to the dynamic of men and women. Because in our marriage, I never feel like that. And I want that for everyone. I want that for every woman. There's never a time I feel like I am the second to you. Right. But there are still these systems that are put in place that will make me feel like that to a very small extent because I have to adhere to it somewhat. So like when I sign that document, 
I feel like that. Yeah. When we got a na- pronounced husband and wife, and my name wasn't part of it, and was Mister and Mrs. Evil Trinogistic, it was. It couldn't just be the Trinogistics because we are now joined. Or just Mister and Mrs. Trinogistic. Yes. Why did it have to be Evil Trinogistic? Like a bitch didn't exist. Those type of things, and and now you know, I was I would say that I was more naive back then because if we got married right now, I'd be like, we dropping that shit. We, we just the trinogistics, you know. Mm-hmm. We we are no, it's not this evil trinogistic shit. I I feel a way about that type of thing. Yeah, and and, no, that, and, and that's how it makes me feel because I get it. We also have we have sons and we have we have a daughter, so I don't want our children to go out into the world and ever feel like they are second to anybody. And you and I want to instill that, especially in our daughter, you know. But uh, you know, so I get, I get, you know, I get fired up. Yeah, and really? I would never guess that. <laughs> shut, shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, so tell me another. Uh, tell scenario. me. Well, so then, if you felt you feel a certain type of way about that oh, one, tell no. me how you feel about this one. Hmm. How about living off of one income? Right, but it's. I don't think it's not what you think it is. Right. Okay. So when I say living off of one income, what do you think? What are you, what are you thinking? I think about how we did it when I left my job. No. Okay. Ooh. Because that's what I thought. That's what I thought. So the living off of one income scenario is basically. Oh, I know what you're going to say. What am I going to say? I'll give you a second chance. You're going to say that there's actually two incomes in the household, but they're only allowed to spend one. Yes. Fuck. And that makes me even more angry. Yes. So so there's two incomes that come in. Mm -hmm. Um, One income is. completely completely set aside for savings and all every other thing that you know that has and everything that has to do with expenses Mm -hmm. and is is um is is based off of one income so it's it's really a way of living frugal you kind of like conform to this frugal lifestyle to really confine all of your expenses to fit under this one income okay but even though you have this extra income, okay. you focus on living your life based on one income. And so you have all this extra money that is either put in, being put into savings. It's a whole income itself that is mm-hmm. being put to the side. And you just kind of like live this simple life of within the means of just one income. But it sounds like they're doing it for the right reasons. It sounds like you said that one one of the incomes or the salaries or finances or whatever it is is being put aside to save. Yes, it is. Yes, it is being put as you're doing it as a couple. Uh huh. But it's being put away to one of the whole one the the income itself, the whole income is being put away to save, versus some of the other, some of the other methods. You know, they take both incomes and then they divide the the bills and everything together. And live and take that out of both incomes. I'm actually okay with that because it sounds like the way that in my brain, what I hear is that they're potentially trying to achieve something. Yes, that's the beauty of it. But yeah. when you uh, when you originally like listen to it, what I thought you were gonna say is is that one of the incomes is used to manage all of the finances in the house, and then the other income is managed by one of the partners, no. and they do whatever they please. No, with it. no. As a couple, you agree that you're gonna take okay. one of your incomes, and that's gonna be set aside for savings and to grow in however way you choose to. Yeah, I would say that I can understand that dynamic because it sounds like that they're they're working towards a goal. Yeah. They're trying to achieve something as a couple, and 
that sounds like they have a long-term plan that potentially will put them in a better financial situation where then they can have more disposable income. Yes, if that's, if that... If it works, if it works. If it works, yes. If that money is put in the right place, invested properly over the course of 20, 30 years, Mm. compounded the right way, can add up to a lot of money. Yeah. So I thought that was a very interesting... Kudos to the couples that can do that yeah. because living below your means. That's a hardcore commitment. That shit is fucking hardcore because I do it in certain aspects of my life. I have just not, I have not figured out a way to do it for my entire life because a girl, a girl want a pair of jeans. Yeah, that's you living know? a very, I believe that, you know, you have to live a very minimalistic lifestyle. Yeah. And a lot of things that you think you need you don't you don't even buy you don't even spend money on you just really it's down to the bare necessities so that everything is off of the one expense and that additional expense is never touched you mean everything is off of the one income yes sorry everything everything is managed off the one income and the second income is never touched it always gets put aside and invested into the savings or whatever it is that you've decided as a couple to do for your long-term future I applaud these people that can do this because honestly, that is that sounds so fucking hardcore yeah. to me. That is that's a tough one. That is really a tough one. And then and then there's 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 another one. And this is one the last one that I guess we're gonna get into because mm-hmm. we're um we're coming uh right yeah. around to the end of that end of the episode is splitting the bills fifty fifty. And when I say split the bills fifty fifty, I'm talking about if you make five dollars and i make a hundred dollars we still split the bills 50 50 i don't i was a little bugged out by this but it is one way that couples manage their finances and i'm talking about even down and you know and it didn't get into details about what i'm about to ask but i started i questioned okay what about what about when we go on a date as a couple oh man are we we, we splitting it 50 50 when we go on vacation is it 50 50 like it's because obviously it's everything joint is split 50 50 i get the bills you know groceries rent and insurance and things like that right mm-hmm. and i still think that that's a little harsh you know 50 50 you take 50 percent. i don't care how much you make i'm gonna take care of 50 percent of the bills because that's that's even that's down the middle but I've, I've i've heard that before where people believe that you know everything should be split down the middle that's how they believe Everything should be 50-50, you know, especially like these people, these, um, and I don't want to say guys, right, but I have heard from guys, but I think, you know, I, I'm just saying people that are like, you know, oh, you know, women want to be, have more rights and they want more of this, right? Well, everything's 50-50 now, you know, because usually it used to be a man that used to kind of like take care of all, most of the expenses, you know, and mm-hmm. be that provider and blah, 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 you know, but I've heard a lot of guys say nowadays, you know, where they're like, oh, nah, man, everything's 50-50 now, you know? So imagine going into a relationship like that, where the person's like, nah, everything, we're doing it right down the middle, 50-50. Well, that doesn't sound like a relationship because you and I have spoke about this before. The the core of a relationship is being able to relate to one another. That is the base word of relationship, relate. Well, So if you're not relating to your partner, you're not relating and trying to understand their circumstances then you're not in a fucking that to me sounds like a dictatorship well but i can see i can see this working in a relationship where both people make the same amount of money yeah but that is like the 
that is the most ideal not ideal that is that is a perfect that is a perfect situation yeah and how does perfection even really exist and no it's not even about a perfect relationship is if you just have no I, I didn't say perfect relationship i said perfect situation okay but i don't think it's even about a perfect situation mm -hmm. if you generally have two people they each make sixty thousand dollars a year mm -hmm. they just happen to have met somewhere okay like each other mm -hmm. when it, let's move in together blah 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 whatever and now all of a sudden things are getting serious and it's like okay well how much you make oh i make 60 you make 60 mm -hmm. oh wow we make the same amount of money mm -hmm. okay well we have all these bills together I mean, it just makes sense put it down the middle i can understand in you that scenario I mean? but the way that you propose this is that it, yeah. it applies even when they are not making the same amount that's of income, yeah that's which so that's to what me I, is absolutely ridiculous that's what i read and some people go into the arrangement that way you know maybe they feel guilty that they're not making enough yeah here comes this and they this, and they still feel guilt. obligated mm -hmm. to to take on that responsibility that they enter this commitment you know maybe they really like the person and they're just like okay you know like i'm gonna be submissive about it i guess and just deal with it i don't know i, I you know it, it's just it's one way of managing money in a relationship and unfortunately if the finances finances are heavily off balance, mm -hmm. this situation can still be one way to manage that money in a relationship. Yeah, to me, that doesn't sound like a relationship that is built on compassion and empathy. It sounds like I'm in this for what works for me yeah. versus what works for us. Right. And if you're looking to be in a relationship and you want it to be in your benefit, then don't be in a fucking relationship. Or maybe the person, maybe the person who makes the more income, mm -hmm. you know, their whole approach is to listen, you know, like you're going to have to step your game up, you know, you gonna, and that's fine. You know, I'm totally OK with you saying to your partner, hey, I would like us to live yeah. a different type of lifestyle. And in order for us to do that together, mm -hmm. I think we need to look at your long-term plan. That's understandable. But for you to say, where you're at right now, I need you to come up to where I am, regardless of where you are right now. To me, that makes absolutely no sense. And that is a lack of empathy. That is a lack of understanding how maybe you got to that point. So because one thing I can tell you is, is that where we are now and the financial freedom that we have, do you think that we would have been able to do this 15 years ago? No. Absolutely not. It was a it was a journey. There were so many things that were put into play. Huge hurdles. So if I was to, let's say I was to be where I am right now in my life and meet you, the evil that you were 15 years ago, and I go, hey, buddy, um, I really don't give a fuck what's going on right now, but I need you to be where I'm at. At this very given moment. I'm be like, you can stay right there. <laughs> can you see how that makes absolutely Deuces. no sense? I mean, I just never would have signed up for it. You know, you yeah. like my whole deal from the beginning. Well, 15 years ago, you would have yeah. been like, my, see yeah, you later. My whole deal from the beginning was like, this is this is what you get. Like, there's no second page. Like, I don't even think the menu reaches to the second half of this book right here. So you can pick from the, <laughs> you can pick from here. And <laughs> that's all I got to offer. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm so like, Aww, bendito. and I was I was very humble about it. I yeah. just, I I am who I I was who I was. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. whoever picked me, they were, they were gonna be happy with me. You know what that reminds me of? 
And then we're going to close after this. Yeah. You know what that reminds me of? I feel like when I was, you know, looking for a long-term relationship, it was like Wheel of Fortune. And I spin the wheel and I was going, big money, big, big money, money, big money. No, no and then whammies, it, no whammies. <laughs> no, that, no. That was from another show. Yeah, that's from yeah, another show. But then it, it lands on bankrupt. <laughs> 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 Unfortunately, I had no bankruptcies. That's that's one thing I can say I never had. Oh, man, that shit is funny as hell. We've come yeah. so far. So I think the last piece of advice that I would like to close with is be open, yes. be honest, communicate, and put a plan in place. And understand that there are many different ways to manage money in a yeah. relationship. So if yours is not working out the way that you want, do a little bit of research, see what other methods are there, and maybe explore those yeah. so that it, to create better balance in the situation that you're in. For sure. So that brings us to the end of our show. I actually had such a great time having this conversation yeah, with you. Um, I always love having having talks with you. And I, I just want to say that Evo and I, we keep our notes separate. So a lot of the reactions and things that happen on the show yeah. are completely organic. Like we, this shit is not rehearsed. We we, we put out a topic it's and I'm just like, way. yeah, I'm just like, yo, go figure it out, Let's bro. Go. Right. Go figure it, it out. Um, but until next Friday, ladies and gentlemen, peace out. Peace out.